Welcome everyone to another edition of Kiwi Talks. I'm honored to be speaking to a man who has worked on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Yu-Gi-Oh, as well as various other films. He's quite well known for doing a lot of stuff with David Attenborough's documentaries. Elec Alvarez, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me here. This is fantastic, you know? Glad that we are actually able to do this. Yeah, yeah. It's the digital age, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the thing I wanted to ask you about first was uh, your time working on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because you worked on that series for quite a long time. Did you? Did you not? Yeah, I mean, uh, at that time, Four Kids Entertainment was the one doing those series along many things. I mean, they were having like seven series uh, at the time, <laughs> including Yu-Gi-Oh. You know, and it's funny because the Yu-Gi-Oh series was like they didn't paying that much attention. They were doing like new shows and, you know, Team Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the one that they put a lot of attention. So um, I started working as an additional writer from a composer, Ralph Shocker, that sadly passed away, actually. You know, Ralph was a big mentor to, to me and to many of the composers over there. So uh, we started helping out a little bit because, you know, he was really busy with, uh, with a lot of work. And it happened that they started doing that and they invited and I said, hey, you want to write for this one as well? I mean, at that fine point, I was doing a Kirby. Uh, that's the show that we really were involved. And then they kind of liked the work that I was doing. And then they said, you know, you want to also do some cues over here. But the thing with Four Kids Entertainment, that's the way the company was called at that time. It doesn't exist anymore. Uh, they were doing like six, seven at the same time. So I got the chance to explore different series just as the team of composers that they have over there. You know, so that's how that happens you know i mean we it wasn't because of uh that particular show because it's because we're doing kirby you know working with ralph and you know little by little you know start moving up a little bit and they start you know at that point ralph stopped writing uh, music uh, for them they move up to some of the projects and we kind of inherit some of those and you know and that's how the Yu-Gi-Oh story started you know? <laughs> Because I've heard that working on uh, TV shows or specifically anime or cartoons is very, very uh, fierce in terms of the, the timelines, right? You've got to compose and you have certain deadlines and they're so tight that you're just constantly composing 24-7. I was lucky that those were my first professional gigs. And I'm going to tell you why. That was a boot camp for us, for me. Uh, you know, the training that you got over there, I mean, I, I, I finished uh, school at Berkeley College of Music, you know, I did a film scoring major, and then I moved to LA, as many composers do, and, you know, trying to find my way around, you know, working for different people, trying to, you know, get some connections. So um, when Ralph uh, called us, you know, to actually, and when I say call us, because we, you know, we're a, a team of composers, uh, you know, working on animation, was the best bootcamp you can have because it's so demanding, you know, melody writing, big orchestration, deadlines. I mean, uh, they were based on New York. And I remember it delivering uh, 6 a.m. over here because, I mean, deadline over there was 9 a.m. And, you know, like, I still was young. I still was learning. I mean, I still freak out. Oh, oh my gosh, how can I actually deal with this crazy battle queue? The last three and a half minutes is going to drain me, drain all the energy that I have. I mean, today, if you put some of that in front of me, you know, I know what to do. I mean, it's just been like almost 20 years doing it. As every other thing that you do many, many times, you feel comfortable and secure about what you're doing. But at that, that time, it was scary. I mean, the good news, I guess I was brave enough to go ahead and go and do it. And it was an amazing training. You know, I think that after writing for that, 
And again, you know, being forced to write melodically because I mean, we they always like melody. It's not about doing chords and pads or things like that. They nothing to do with that. Big orchestrations, and then they went beyond. Like they didn't want okay traditional orchestration. Now you want we want you guys to do hybrid, and then you know we want scenes with them. You know, electric guitars, all that stuff that you hear. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying anything new, but I was uh, forced to do it. You know, at uh, let's say a very young age. And that training uh, allowed me to honestly to not be afraid of anything, you know, any films that I do. And, you know, and I'm talking about, you know, the 2003, 2004, when they were presenting different in the world in animation. For me, well, oh, this is a piece of cake. I mean, I, I mean, of course, you don't say it like that because you, you encounter all the troubles in the world. But, but you say, if I was able to at least manage to do that, then I can hopefully manage to do this one over here. That's why I call it a boot camp or maybe, you know, a four kids uh, school of music. I don't know. It just was a, an amazing training. I had to do it for like, you know, very, very intense and, until I start moving to different projects, like for three years in a row. So, you know, you, you either do it or, uh, or they, they won't call you back. And one of the things like, and I'm going to repeat this, we were a team of composers. It's not that we weren't competing to each other, but if they see, oh, these guys, you know, like you, you actually get reward because they give more work to you. You know what I mean? It was always like that. And then you hear what the other composers were doing. Oh my gosh, I mean, I have to do that as well. I mean, how can I do it? So like, you survive, you survive in that environment and that just makes you stronger. So I'm very grateful and that I feel lucky that's how it started, you know, writing for animation. So with a 20-minute episode, because obviously with a lot of these shows, there'd be multiple composers, right? So of a 20-minute episode, how much of it would you actually score predominantly oh, and how much would be handled by someone else? All depends on which show, if I was the main composer or I was invited you know, to be part of the team. But, you know, sometimes yeah, we're talking about 20 minutes that usually wall-to-wall music. I mean, Almost never you see a little of rest over there. So I was doing like 10 minutes of music, nine minutes of music. Sometimes it was even two, three, four, all depending on how much music they assign. And they decide that over there. They have a music producer, say this go to this one, this go to this one. I mean, again, the volume of shows that we're doing, I mean, there, there were so many that they need to split the whole thing like that. You know what I mean? So, uh, as I said, I mean, at what point, and they were doing six or seven at the same time, animation wall-to-wall music, you know, they have to deliver. And, you know, with all the Yu-Gi-Oh, the, you know, that was their big, big thing, you know, with Yu-Gi-Oh, those shows, they were already made in, in Japan and, you know, we're getting here, they were dubbing the voices and some sound effects and the, and the music. So, you know, I say, hey, hello guys. So yeah, we have a uh, 56 episode to do. <laughs> oh my gosh, of course, uh, the way they work. I mean, we really like score to picture 15, 16, 20, all the pen, and then they were doing a lot of music editing. And then they just called you back, hey, we need a new theme, we need to listen, a new character just came, you know, can you write a theme for this? But after that, they started uh, editing a lot of music. I'm not talking specifically about Yu-Gi-Oh! They weren't uh, edit, uh, you know, we were scoring original music, you know, from beginning to end, because that, that's almost impossible, and you know, many reasons, budget, you know, time, things like that. And once you have so much volume for music, you definitely can handle with, uh, you know, with very good music editors that make it sound like, you know, fantastic, you know, like it was actually a score to picture. Because if, if someone else writes a theme, 
would you t- take a variation of that theme and apply it to another scene? So say if, um, I, let's take Shredder's theme, for example. I'm not sure if you wrote that or not. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's that? No, I did not. <laughs> no, no. But would you have had to adapt it in certain scenes when you're scoring? You, you see Shredder on, on the screen, for example, so you'd, you'd make a variation to walk, work in within the orchestrated score that you were doing. Absolutely. We were... If I write a theme for anything that I'm doing, you know, they were free to take it and just arrange it, you know, because I will do the same. They will say, I mean, they they weren't assigning cues based on which characters, you know, were uh, actually on the series. It just basically, all, you know, this goes to you. So if, it, it, if I need to use, you know, a particular theme, you know, Michelangelo or whatever, I... It was such a long time ago that I, I'm trying to go back in my hard drive and remember because, I mean, of course, I have so many stories. But, you know, to, to answer your question, we were able to share our themes. You know, if we write a theme and it gets approved, then they put it on the FTP and say, you know, such and such theme. And then you download it. Okay, I'm going to use it for my theme. Of course, it's not like you're going to copy and paste. You know, you do your own things based on that theme. And it could be a quote of the melody, like you know, it could be and then you do so many variations about that one. And I guess that one that I sung was for the fast forward. I don't know. Because we did the first one and then fast forward came and maybe another one, I don't remember. But but again, yeah, we, we were able to share all the themes all the time. Yeah. Yeah, because I suppose if you're working on multiple different cartoons all at the same time as well, that I suppose the line would start to blur. You'd like, what was I working on? What <laughs> What's this theme for? Uh, yeah, and did I write this cue? <laughs> like, <laughs> mine or, you know, who did this? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just started getting a lot of, a lot of volume. And, and you know, it becomes like all, almost, you know, that you are just walking, you know. It's just normal in your life and things like that. There's still, if... You know, don't get me wrong. I mean, I really enjoy it. I mean, that's the reason why I do this. I mean, it's just like uh, I see the the satisfaction of finishing a queue and then, oh, my God, let me listen to my stuff right now. I'm being hopefully proud of what you did. I mean, that feeling in this type of uh, environment, you know, where we're not recording with a live orchestra or anything like that because, they, you know, we're not really any budget, you know, to go with a live orchestra for this type of series. But that, uh, you know, as a composer, that's the gratification that you get. Okay, you know, man, they really push me and then you hear all this back. I mean, it's, it's fantastic, you know, so, yeah. But again, even if, even if you do it every day, like, it's enjoyable, you know, and then you don't get bored. That's one thing you, I guarantee you with this, cartoons no time to get bored man because it's just every time they present you with something new a new challenge and you know especially like uh i mean i'm not bragging here like you know they were sending me a lot of action cues uh, which require more work and i don't know if because i you know i wasn't one of the junior yeah yeah let's see tell you with the difficult stuff and like if there are guys like you know the 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 more simple thing but uh, but man, every time that you see an action cue, you say, "Oh my gosh!" You know, like this is crazy. I remember sometimes starting on a Monday, and then when I finish on Friday, depending on how long the queue was, I was drained. Like you know, because it never stops. I mean, with these guys and the way they want it, you need to mole it. You need to go. You know, you need to make sure that the kids don't get bored with it. <laughs> okay, all right, so more and more and more. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. Like with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in particular, there were so many different elements and because obviously you had orchestration, you had metal guitars, you had yes. ethnic instruments, you know, Japanese instruments like <laughs> kotos, 
right? And then you even had hip hop elements in there. So yeah. there's so much, in, yeah, so much involved. So, I mean, because you must have a favorite genre and a genre that you're probably most uh, good at. And okay. then other, other genres you might not be as familiar with. So do you have to go and research before you adapt that for that specific episode? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I wasn't big about electronics and I'm definitely, excuse me, not big about hip hop. And, uh, you know, I think that more of what they were requesting is to make it modern and put it like a, you know, like a modern beat or urban, urban beat, you know, at that point, just to accompany everything, all depending on what, what was happening, you know, the cartoon is based on New York and, you know, they want to also to bring that a little bit. And uh, I'm, I'm primarily, you know, I was trained as a classical musician and, you know, I love the orchestra and I, I like to say that I know the orchestra very well, although every day I learn something new, I'm going to keep learning for the rest of my life, of course. And so, you know, the challenge of uh, bringing electronics and scenes and things that are not really what I was um, uh, accustomed to to do. I mean, is that's why it makes you better because you need to explore, you know. And at that level, like, yeah, you have to do it by yourself. I mean, if you go somewhere else on a different type of project, you know, what I may do is just bring the guy, say, let's collaborate on this. I mean, listen, I need to do my thing, but you know, I mean, you are the best here on, you know, with analog scenes. I mean, can we do something together? Or, you know, can you come over here to the studio and present me some ideas? Uh, and I love that. I love the collaboration aspect and, you know, because I think the wonderful things happens, you know, when you actually get together in a room with somebody who truly is good at what they do and truly love with somebody who, you know, also, okay, that's not my really, really well, I'm super, super good, but I can do this really well and you put it together and, you know, I think that that's when magic happens. So, so, but yeah, in particular with, with the turtles, I guess, uh, uh again and it, and it happened with that show and with many of them you know they force you to to try new things you know and, and you know at that point you know my setup wasn't not even half like you know like 10 percent of what i have right now and especially you know technology has been you know moving forward so much that yes just to create a big sound with the orchestra before your computer dies you know wasn't as easy as right now because you know i have you know a lot of every single instrument that I want. So, you know, you're finding the right scene and the right sound, you know, it was more time consuming, but I, at the end, the result, you know, I guess what well, it's the same, you know, you just want to make it sound good and, you know, be creative and sound original and of course functional for the, for the, for the project. Mm, mm. So then, when you, uh, when you're composing, obviously because of the strict uh, deadlines, I imagine mm -hmm. there's a lot of overnighters and, Obviously, if you're composing all the time, your ear starts to get tired. Mm. So did you, were you mixing a lot or were you handing that over to someone else to mix? Or would you try and mix it while you'd been scoring for, I don't know, 10 hours straight? Yeah, I think that everybody has a different process. I myself, after I'm writing the music, I'm already mixing. So as I finish my cue, it already sounds pretty good. I mean, and, and I'm going to tell you why. The way that I approach all this thing is just if I'm looking at the orchestra and I'm conducting the orchestra. So the balance, balance in the orchestra happens in real time. You know, even when you are on a live unit after you rehearse three or, or four times, then when you're a live performing, you know, you need to make sure everything. So that's the way that I myself do it. I mean, many people do it different. So I got used to, I mean, let me try to answer this. The, I'm not an engineer, 
I am not. And, you know, at that point, like, you know, you know, I put a little compressor here and a little EQ. I mean, I never got into deep things as you know, this master do and what they know about all this because that's not my field. But level-wise, so the way that everything needs to be balanced for me, my ear always was guiding me, you know, just do it right away. Instead of, I'm just going to write something and then uh, and I'll take care of the mix later. It's something good enough right now. No, I, I tend to to actually do it on as I'm working. And of course, then I review. Then you know, then then when you finish the queue, go back, play back, list, and oh, this is too high. I'm gonna change something and things like that. But usually my cues, uh, when I'm working in MIDI, uh, already are kind of already mixed, you know, as I'm uh, as I'm progressing, you know, unless there is there is no no rule to this. I'm, 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 I think that I'm being specific to this particular type of approach, you know, working with cartoons and working specifically for these shows. That's what I was doing. And I got used to it. And then when I do anything else, then, you know, if I'm writing a theme, I'll go to the piano and try to write it and, you know, a little bit more traditional. And I think as I hear something that I like, you know, just playing in the piano, then I go to my setup. And then I start orchestrating right away. So I go, you know, okay, this is the team, and then my orchestration start going, you know, from beginning to end. But uh, that's the year get tired, yeah, it does. I mean, do I enjoy? I'm not the same kid staying late at night. No, I don't. You know, I have kids, I have a wife, so I go home and I say, you know what? I can finish tomorrow. You know what I mean? Before it's like, ah, oh, I gotta finish 4 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not enjoying that anymore. I prefer to go and play tennis, go back home, have a couple of beers, play with my kids, go to bed, and next time I'll retake it because your ear gets tired, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you and you probably don't have the same energy as you do when you're younger, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I try to. I think that you know, but uh priorities changes you know after you get married and kids like that you know those priorities change still i mean i i think the only time that i start missing deadlines was when my first kid was born and i had my studio at home and then you know i was working and then they are going to press a button something like that oh my gosh and then i wanted to play with him and they say i'm late i won't be able to finish this queue so that's when, you know, that was in 2009. And I said, you know, I need to take my studio out of here because it's not going to happen. <laughs> and so, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, I think the priorities start changing. You know, still you, again, you deliver. You are, have to be professional. You, I mean, if somebody tells you, and I'm pretty crazy about that. It's tomorrow 9 a.m. It's going to be tomorrow 9 a.m. no matter what, you know? I mean, I mean there are exceptions, but I try to keep it like that. It made me feel good if I finish what I said that I'm going to be finished. Yeah, fair enough. So yeah. you know when you you were working on say uh, F Zero Kirby, yeah, uh, Yu Gi Oh, right? Because with Kirby and F Zero, they're based on video games. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Did you take any influence from the games? Did you listen to any of the music from the games? No, you did no. And the Nothing. same with Yu Gi Oh. Were you inspired at all by the Japanese score? Or you just yeah. And I think that that's what's great about those guys. We never hear any ten track. We never hear any influence for anyone. I love it because they actually open the, the the canvas to us and say, "You do it. You come out with a sound. You know, if you want to put guitars you know, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, do it." And but we never like they they actually tell us, please don't you don't listen to the Japanese soundtrack of Yu Gi Oh don't don't do it and sometimes you know we're uh, curiosity but it just has nothing to do with what we're doing nothing to do so that's a very good question and a question that I enjoy because I mean you know about ten track you know like you know sometimes they present you with some idea that somebody else did and then you try to make it better and try to explain listen 
So we never had that problem. I mean, they either like it or not. It wasn't about, hey, do something like this. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, well, I would imagine sometimes it would be harder to try and compose something in the, the way that a, another composer did it if you yeah. try and take elements of that and then incorporate it into your style. Yeah, I mean, and you, know, you, have, you've, you have interviewed uh, composers like, you know, the 10-track conversation, that's a long one and everybody has different opinions. Uh, it could be helpful, but also could be very damaged, you know, to the creativity, you know, and all depends who you're working with, what kind of director you're working with. Listen, this is great because, I mean, editors start editing and, and you know, depending on the project, maybe you have a music editor who does an amazing 10-track job for the movie, but, you know, it's based on something else and it may work. And you say, oh, my gosh, this is great. So your job as a composer, well, I'm going to make it better. Sometimes I say, how can I make something better? I mean, this is already pretty good, but, you know, that's where probably they're hiring you to see if you can come up with something. And I don't think that's the problem. The problem is the attachment, you know, that they heard that score so many times that you come out with something different and you gotta say, hey, well, what happened here? Which movie is this? <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, and again, like, I feel like without disrespecting anyone, you know, like, I mean, if you like that particular style and it's not my style, you know, hire somebody else, you know, yes, I would love to have the job, but uh, forcing someone to do exactly like this guy does it, say, well, how about if we try it this way? Say, no, I want exactly like, <laughs> well, see who composed that music and maybe he can do it exactly like, <laughs> like the way you want it, you know? So. Yeah, fair enough. Now, a lot of people don't know that you have a degree in uh, business administration. Right. Oh my gosh, and how do you know that? <laughs> Did I put it somewhere? <laughs> uh, so were you, uh, even though that you have that degree, are you able to apply it in any shape or form to how you do music? Is there anything from that that you've been able to incorporate into this new career? Well, it's not very, really a new career anymore, but... Uh, very good question. Uh, when I was um, in the university back in my hometown in Venezuela, you know, taking those classes, I was thinking about music. <laughs> so the answer, I love business. You know, I'm a business-oriented person. And I think that I learned quite a lot applying it to music. Mm, not very much. I think that it helps to actually the way I think, you know, the way I handle my business, the way I try to approach things because, yes, even if I was thinking, you know, like, uh, listen to the teacher or whatever, and they're all thinking of music at that time, then, you know, I learned something. Uh, but uh, no, I will say, like, uh, I mean, I will, I will say, like, if I wasn't a composer, I would be a chef. I love cooking. And for me, chef is kind of very similar to composing. So that, that those two will relate much more. Like, oh, yeah, because I put a little bit of sauce here and pepper and things like that. And then I try it and I don't like it. So yeah, that will be like more closer, you know, to apply to music. But the, the the degree in business, again, just my regular life. Hopefully, I learned something that helped me handle my business and understand that I need to make money to to eat. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I suppose um, in terms of negotiating, I guess because you do freelance yeah. work mostly, don't you? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly uh, I do freelance. Yes, I mean, and you know, I. I used to have a, an agent and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, love her to death, but, you know, it came upon that, you know, I was actually, and all depends on the project, actually taking care of my own, you know, I have an entertainment lawyer who can check, I know a lawyer that can check the contract to make sure everything is fine. 
but you know most of the project like you know i think that i can handle myself pretty well uh of course you know there are points like you know yes you need your agent to come and listen i want to negotiate for you because it's a different deal a different animal so yes i mean they will be able to actually get a better deal that you will probably will get i think that stuff when you start you know your first work start coming and you know you should hopefully you know friends who are filmmakers so you kind of that's tough to say listen this is the money Elika, i just don't have the money but i want to work with you and you know we're having a beard or not but, but uh, yeah well i'm gonna send you my agent and they get scared don't send me your agent you know I, this is this is crazy i want to talk to you about it so i don't know sometimes that you know everything everything is a balance in my opinion you can balance things out i mean it will come a point where you can get your agent and yeah man i'm gonna get that much money so in order you enjoy working with your friends and you know you can accommodate and uh you know make different type of deals and just the fact that i believe that i know you know how to okay listen there is not much budget uh, okay i'm gonna keep the rights of the music then if you don't have enough budget you know let me keep the rest of the music so then you know the music is mine and then i can see what i can do with that music in the future so you know things like that that's just an example there are many ways to to actually balance things out, you know, when things like that happen. Mm. Now, did yeah. you talk to any, when you're at 4Kids Entertainment, did you talk to anyone about releasing uh, soundtracks for yeah, any that's... of the stuff you did? Uh, even they have tried, but it never happened. I don't know, like, uh, you know, remember 4Kids Entertainment, they went back bankruptcy in 2009, to something like that, and then Konami acquired, I don't know the dates very well. But yeah, there was a lot of conversation. I am I have no power whatsoever of doing, you know, anything because it's not my music. But we have been in communications even recently trying to do it. It's just never never because you know how many emails I get on the other composers get. Excuse me, can you release the, you know this from Yu-Gi-Oh? Can you release this from Yu-Gi-Oh? For, you know, are you gonna do it? And 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 since we don't have power of doing it, I seen it start. You know, we go to the right person and they start escalating, escalating, suddenly, boom, you know, somebody say, ah, oh, yeah, you know, we'll do it later and never happen. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose with like, say, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because there was so many people working on it, um, you'd have to work out how the royalty system works. And who owns 4Kids now? It's Nickelodeon, isn't it? It's Nickelodeon? Uh, Konami Acquire. And it's oh, Konami. 4K Media. Now it's called 4K Media. Right. And they acquire... Um, the um, how you call it, the Yu-Gi-Oh franchise and that's pretty much it so yeah. They, they yeah yeah okay so there has been talks they just haven't eventuated yes. no no absolutely absolutely again you know my involvement is so so minimal like hell you know will you like it yeah i of course i will, will love it you know let me know how can i help i mean you know you want any ideas but it just stays there and then i don't know what happened you know when it goes escalate somewhere else you know but yeah and I think there is, there's been conversation because a lot of people ask for those. A lot of people, I mean, since, and, you know, can you say me away? And, and, you know, like, they're, and I understand what we saw there, is their music is their property. You know, they don't want everybody sharing the music and things like that. I mean, hopefully one day somebody's going to say, yes, there is just ton of music and ton of great music. There's a lot of that that is pretty cool. I mean, a lot of that have been written for that, that, Sometimes, you know, I'm not talking on, only about my music, but, you know, for the team of composers, like, you know, I just start here. Oh my God, this is great. Like, you know, 10 years ago, wow, listen to that melody. I mean, that actually is pretty powerful and things like that, you know. So. 
Yeah, because it's just sitting there doing nothing, right? It's not generating revenue by just sitting in a vault. So, I mean, at least if you release it and you get some money from Spotify or something, at least everyone's making a profit. So I find that a bit bizarre. I totally agree with you. <laughs> you know, not sure what I can do about it, but yeah, I mean, you know, we, we the conversation, you know, we were many times. I mean, I, I, since the whole thing, maybe five, six, seven times we're having, you know, talking all that, but hopefully it'll happen. And you know, hopefully I still believe, like, you know, at some point somebody's going to say, you know what, let's go for it, and then, you know, music's going to be released. Especially right now, to say, you know, it's easy. You know, you put in the digital platforms, and then, you know, yeah, we generate some revenue and also people is going to listen to the music, you know, I mean, people is going to be able to, because they've been asking and asking and, you know, sometimes you see some videos on YouTube and of course, because, you know, it's contact private, boom, they actually take it out and things like that. So with, because uh, you have a good of a, a good uh, collaboration and camaraderie, I suppose, with uh, Freddie Scheinfeld and Joel Duick. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because you've done so much stuff with those guys. Is there a particular reason why you keep working with them? No, we just love each other, man. <laughs> I was yesterday with Fred and Joel, I and mean, we haven't seen that. I, I see Fred all the time, that Joel leave a little bit, and, you know, because of the pandemic and all that stuff. I mean, uh, you know, we still work together. Uh, I mean, we're, we're such a good... Uh, good friends we get along so well that you just we just enjoy whatever we do i was telling joe i was texting him today like man i mean we still know how to have fun because we just have some lunch uh yesterday <laughs> just laugh and laugh so that's the answer to your question we, we enjoy quite a lot working uh with each other we respect each other and um i mean the the whole thing with uh, david having true joel joel was doing a lot of documentaries for atlantic production at that point and then, you know, he wanted to, to explore new things and he invited Freddie and I to work with him. And after that, you know, that little trio was created, you know, and then we did more and more and more and more. And honestly, he allows you to give you more time to write, to actually, you know, sit down and spend more time in a queue because it's three instead of one. Uh, there were no ego involved because also, I was busy with some other projects that I was doing myself. So Fred, so Joel. So when we were getting these big projects that we were recording with orchestra and all the stuff, at least I wasn't, you know, saying no to some of my projects because we were able to manage because, you know, we have the support on of each other for these things. And remember this come, you know, Joel was one of the original Yu-Gi-Oh writers. And so all these friendships became, uh, Fred and I met at Berkeley College of Music, but with Joel was through Four Kids Entertainment. So we met in 2004 at the Yu-Gi-Oh! premiere for the movie. And I don't know, we click, man. We, we click and you know, we are, we are, even if sometimes we don't, we don't speak to each other in three, four months, it's that kind of friendship and that kind of respect that, you know, you always, we always see each other. It's like, oh my God, so cool. <laughs> so it happened yesterday. I mean, I haven't seen Joel like for two years or something like that, you know, to be honest. But we always kept in, you know, how you doing, all this pandemic crazy thing and, the lockdown and all that so it's funny you asked a question today because it was yesterday that we met <laughs> uh was there any friendly competitiveness between the three of you to try and outdo each other we all have different personalities i believe i mean uh for some of those projects you know they were actually joel's project so always you know he was the one that was bringing the project to us and invited us to work with him but i don't think so i mean it's like uh 
No, no. I mean, uh, it's like, you know, if Joel wrote something amazing, <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. You know, same with Freddy, same with me. And, you know, like, it's funny because we are fans of each other cues. Like, you know, what's your favorite in Conquer of the Sky? So, you know, Joel's going to tell you, Dance of the Starlings, which is my cue. If he asked me, you know, which which you favorite, you know, like the one that Freddy with the flowers, I forget the, the name. So it's funny, you know, it goes that way. But I, I, I you know, uh, I don't think that we have encountered that we're competing each other through the same project. And that hasn't happened, although it may happen. I've seen it happen with Freddy and I a couple of times with a few things and things like that. But luckily, none of those guys, <laughs> they, they go to our composer. But, but no, man, I mean, it's like, you know, we've been doing this for so long that uh, there are more important things than that. I mean, it's just the value of the friendship and all the stuff and i am so happy with Frey does amazing projects so that's joel and the same with me you know what i mean they always like my facebook post so we're doing good oh, that's good that's good because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only reason why i ask is because some people feed off that they they get their uh motivation from yeah. the competitiveness it encourages them to do better somewhat yeah. with no, some people no, no. No, 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 you're right. But I think that for us, it's a little difficult because, we, I mean, we always see ourselves as a team. And yeah, of course, I mean, with other composers and, and many amazing people is in town. Yeah, I'll, I'll chase you. I'll go for them. And yeah, I mean, I'll do it. And, you know, and I like to comp- I love to compete. I mean, I, I want to get too much into this. I love playing tennis and I play tennis every twice a week because, I mean, I love to compete. <laughs> so, yes, I mean, well, there are some guys that I don't know as a friend of mine that, you know, gonna go for you know <laughs> but you know all, all, in, all in good terms you know everybody i think that everybody has their own timing uh everybody's different you know i cannot compare myself to anyone because it's me and same to, to another person so I, i know gonna be chasing anybody's dream you know anybody's dream everybody has their own their own their own way of doing things you know now considering how many documentaries you've worked on with david attenborough have you actually had a chance to meet the guy no, I haven't met David. I mean, uh, we get we, we get direct comments like, oh, oh, I like this cue. I like this music. <laughs> That's an amazing British accent that I do, and as you can see. <laughs> uh, but uh, did we talk? I don't know if Joel met him. I think that Joel met him one because, you know, Joel is from England, so maybe he did. I don't remember. I think he did for conquest of the skies like they were he was over there in the studios and he met me he, he met, but i haven't and i know freddy hasn't met him yet but yeah no, i mean it's such a privilege you know such such a such an icon uh you know it's like his voice everything you know every time that we get a picture and you start hearing that it's just like i mean we always say like you know that's part of the soundtrack of everything you know when we write the music i mean his voice the way that he accentuates things you know it's part of the whole soundtrack yeah yeah but no, hopefully I will meet him. You know, that guy seems to be, let's go. He keeps retiring and he keeps going. He keeps going. I'm retired. No, I want to do another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, maybe if I end up talking to him, I'll, I'll let him know that you, you'd be keen to talk to him. Keen Please, to I know you're right. Because <laughs> <laughs> when, you're, when you're composing for a documentary, how, is, how do you approach it compared to, say, working on a film? Yeah, that question. Listen, in my particular case, I just recently did an in- before your interview about uh, 
horror film that I did, which is called The Exorcism of God. And that's yeah, a yeah. horror film. Mm. They keep asking the question about, you know, regarding a drama, if you approach it different, yes, of course, there are different genres. And, and But the way that I go into that, I'm not thinking about that. Of course, documentaries, um, man, this is a, always a tough question for me to answer because for me, I, 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 I'm not seen as a, so, something different. I mean, I, I'm seeing it like, okay, my job is to write music here and make that scene work, help that scene to make it better than already is. And there are different ways. I mean, if I start trying doing what I'm doing with Attenborg into a drama film, it may not work. But I won't know until I actually start getting into this. Because yes, I can do a sporting session. Uh, we can say, okay, you know, this is the cue that you're going to write. You know, he's talking about dinosaurs. So you have to be epic and all the stuff, and then I kind of have an idea what I want to do after that conversation. But, and, and again, I'm talking for myself, you know, I, I really get deep when I'm actually close my doors and going to that. So many decisions of how I approach the scenes are going to happen when I'm actually doing it, you know, when I'm actually there. I'm not, you know, I'm going to do something for, for Attenborough or I'm going to do something for this horror film or this is a cartoon, of course. I mean, let, 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 let's be clear. I mean, the same music that goes into Kirby is not going to go into horror music. We know that. But, but you know, I mean, those are style of music, the moods that you create, that, you know. But for me to, to, to differentiate something, I mean, at the end, I'm a film composer. I'm a scoring to, to reactions. You know, I'm, 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 I'm writing music, reacting to what's happening on the screen, uh, was the story is the way that David is delivering that, you know, I mean, I reacted to all the things and sometimes, honestly, I have cues that I did for, uh, for, for the Attenborough series that I can put it perfectly in a romantic comedy, you know, I mean, because yes, I was doing like, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, trying to remember for micro monsters, there were a lot of insects fighting, if you hear that stuff, nobody's gonna know. I mean, no one is gonna tell, oh, that's documentary music. You know, what is documentary music? I mean, that's music helping a scene. You put that over here and put, oh, that's a sci-fi film. You know, it may be, you may be close, but then, you know, how they're gonna, you know, especially for the stuff that we're doing over there, you know? So, I don't know. There are differences, of course, you know, there are different genres, uh, but my approach, my personal approach is basically the same. The way that my head start analyzing things or what I need to write and how to make something work is exactly the same for a comedy, for a drama. I mean, I'm, I don't know, that's just me. That's the way I see it. I mean, many people have different opinions. Joel has a very good, have a very good answer about this. He has his, his own, you know, very deep and insightful answer about the difference. But for, for me, I just sit down. Okay, this is what I need to do and they'll go for it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Cause you must get a, a little bit of direction from the director, right? Mm -hmm. Usually, I'd imagine so. As no, yeah, 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 no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, every director is different, but uh, you want direction from the from from the director. You want that communication. You want that collaboration. I mean, I, I even if he, again many type of director, even they sit down and do what you want to do. I mean, uh, this is what they explain you a little bit all the film, and let me see what you do. Or some other director, they are. So super involved, super, super, super involved. 
I don't want to say, excuse me, I don't want to say on every single note, but uh, very involved, like, you know, from scene to scene and what's happening and what is this and what, what can you use? I mean, some of those have an amazing terminology about mu mu music instrument and what the music instruments can do. Some of them, they don't know it. That's not their job. That's my job. But, you know, hey, I don't, ah, okay, because that's, a, oh, well, they try with a clarinet, for example, things like that. But I want directions. I want, I want, again, even if the directions say, you know, this is what I feel, this is what I see in my field, you do whatever you want to do. That's already somebody telling me, okay, okay, I know what I can probably do for this. Or somebody can sit down with me, do a sporting session, you know, frame by frame. This, this, okay, all right, this and that, perfect. And then you know, you know where to do because, I mean, the key in this, uh, uh, relationship director composer is communication you know i mean the the fact that you are able to deliver what they want i think that's a given fact i mean otherwise they will hire you or they will fire you but the communication aspect of you know having this uh i like this i don't like this how about this yeah i don't know it's a marriage you know it's uh, basically goes more or less like that <laughs> so uh, yeah have you had to chase any projects? Is there any projects that you have to chase or do, or do they just come to you? No, 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 no. All the time I chase. I, I don't think that I'm on that part that I'm sitting down over here and my phone is ringing <laughs> like, oh, no, I don't want to take that call. No, no, no. And, you know, honestly, even um, composers that, uh, and again, I, I keep repeating this, everybody has their own time. Some composer becomes super successful when I, and, uh, during the second project. That doesn't guarantee you that in three years you're gonna be out of work. I mean, honestly, you know what I mean? Or in five or ten years. So I think that this is uh you gotta be hard worker, you gotta be humble, you know, even if you are in that position like a phew, like getting hundred of calls, keep it humble because I mean you may wanna do a project that they that you really wanna, even if you are the biggest star ever, like they don't want you to do it. So you're going to have to chase it, you know, you really, because it could be like you are doing all these big films and then this director that you like is doing an independent movie that you, I mean, you have the perfect score for that. He may have somebody else in mind. So if you want it, you're going to have to chase it. Of course, credits, uh, you know, Emmys, Oscar, that's going to help. <laughs> it will help, you know, absolutely. I don't have any of those, but, you know, it will help. And then, uh, but still you have to chase. So I think that, you know, even if I were right now in that position, I'll, I'll be the same. I will keep it humble and maybe things will be easier. Like, you know, you are getting, I think that what it gives you is more of a opportunity to choose between projects. Although I still do it. I mean, I'm not saying yes to anything and I won't. And, and if, if I feel that's something that is not for me or it's not going to do anything with my career, I just won't do it. You know, I honestly won't do it. I mean, I don't know. They put like a big check like this. Okay, well, let's talk about it a little bit. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be as much as I can selective about my projects. And also, you know, the come to relationship aspect. You know, somebody you have been working for so long that uh, I may say, listen, I'm, I have no time right now, but I will bring somebody from my team and we'll do it together. You know, I do that as well because, you know, I have a lot of people who have, you know, collaborated with me and helped me in the films when I'm super busy and things like that. So, yeah. 
but I chase, I do chase. I gotta tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that I really respect about the type of work that you do because it must be terrifying and exciting at the same time. Yeah. Because you're you run out of work and you don't know what your next project's going to be. It's always like that. But you know, we composers are lucky. You know, especially the ones that have done TV. You know, to have royalties. You know, the royalties, revenue, and income. You know, that's what keep us alive you know so i'm always very grateful you know to pro's ASCA, bmi csec all that uh because you know that's uh that creates passive income so if you have one of those times where you're not working that much you know at least you know that you know you did something in the past it's going to create some residuals and some income for you and uh that, that's the amazing part of all that you know the pro's like you know they they really uh, take care as much as they can or of tracking everything and things like that and um, talking about decisions you know i try to diversify myself and doing tv and film and documentary so you know i can have a a, a good streaming of royalty coming my way or from tv work you know i mean although sometimes you see some series right now on tv that is like <laughs> better than, than than scoring a film but uh but yeah i mean we're, we're lucky like if, if we're working that, uh, you know, with royalties, we can make a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Because uh, Kingdom of Plants won a BAFTA, did that do anything? Did that kind of put you on the map at all and people were more aware sure. of it? Yeah, I mean, Attenborg, you know, also that's okay. This guy, you know, is writing music for such an icon. It helps. It's helped with you actually, you know, submitting uh you know, music or you talk about it, it definitely does help. It's just trajectory. I mean, it's just give you, uh, give you credibility if you want to say it like that. You know, same, you get nominated for a big award also give you some credibility, but sometimes that doesn't guarantee that the music for that, for that city was amazing. Uh, listen, uh, you could be in this town, you could be an amazing and incredible composer. If you don't have a project to back you up, you, I mean, nobody really cares, honestly. And you can be an amazing composer if you are doing music for film. You know, you need that, you need that validation. Oh, you know, that guy did that project. Or, you know, he's a composer for that because, I mean, the, the producers, the directors, they feel like secure. Okay, this guy, if he did that, maybe he can do this as well. And then when you start talking about the studio films, and going bigger, that gets more complicated with the secret lists of who can you call, you can't call. I mean, that's that's a whole other story. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's like it, it could happen that you know you get uh, lucky to to score a big major, you know, studio film, and then that will you know keep you going, you know, to to do more and more and more, and hopefully you can back it up because that's the problem. If you can back it up, then that's it. You know, I mean. This town uh, doesn't forgive <laughs> uh, that much, you know, and, and rightfully so. I mean, you're supposed to be able to do the work. I mean, you should be, shouldn't be getting those gigs because you know someone, you know. No, you, if you know someone and you get the gig and you can back it up, good. But if you know someone and they put it over there and, you know, there are many other uh, candidates can do a better job, you know, I prefer for the other guys to actually get it, you know. But uh, but yeah, no, it helps. I mean, your 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 credits and and uh, uh, what you do if they don't know you. Because one thing is like if you have already a relationship, and you know they know what you can do, and they have heard your music before. I mean, no, don't worry. I mean, these guys when I able to do it, 
but you know it require requires a lot of uh, hard work you know being patient and uh if you believe it hard enough uh, it will happen and it's not about believing in lying down on a couch <laughs> watching tv because yes i believe that <laughs> i'm gonna score a huge film I mean, you have to work really hard and you know what what goals i mean the stories that go until you get one of those i mean it's, it's, it's hard work it's hard work it's hard work well it's highly competitive right because california yeah. is like the hub of the hub of creativity and you're yes. up against so many other people that want the same job that you do. So, exactly, it's yeah. like that. It's like that. well, but 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 you said it. It make it makes this fun, and then you you don't get bored. You know, you're chasing. And yeah, yeah, no, I, absolutely. Uh, but I mean, it, it's part of the career. I mean, I honestly don't like to complain because if I'm complaining, why am I doing this? You know, I chose to. Nobody forced me, right? You know, I mean, I chose it because I love it, and I feel like this is. Uh, it's an incredible career and we're lucky to to do what we love and then it comes with a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard work as i keep repeating and, and again everybody have their own time you know and it's about uh happiness you know it's not about scoring the next big uh, dc film is are you happy doing that you know what i mean and of course i mean you'll make you happy to see your name and all that comes with that and, you know the money that comes with that but you know making sure that that's what is making you happy so yeah i mean yeah i mean i'm 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 welcoming you know and i'm doing i i'm 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 working hard and i hope the universe responds and all the stuff but there is no despair on me and i have to you know like no i mean it's it's, it's like you know i mean i i feel very lucky that i'm writing music basically every day during the year you know i'm, I'm doing it i'm doing it. i'm writing music and i'm making a living out of this and you know and and and, and in the same way that I approach a small film, as far as quality and how much heart I put into that, it's gonna be exactly the same way on a big film. It's just, I mean, I guarantee the same. I'm gonna have more resources, absolutely. I have more, you know, like, okay, I want this, I want that. But me, 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 Ellie Calvarez is gonna be the same kid. You know I mean? It's just like, a, uh, I will approach it with all my heart and try to repeat that freaking Q until for me is perfect. You know, you know what I mean. So yeah. <laughs> do you, do you still attend the parties, the networking events? Do you still have to I'm, go to all those? I'm not a big networking guy. Uh, no, I'm not saying that's as something positive because maybe we were talking about the big DC film right now. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not a big networking guy. Uh, right now with the pandemic, of course, things are done this way. For some reason, I feel like you have to more, more comfortable, you know, to do doing it like this. But no, 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 I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm hiding and nobody talks to me and a weird guy with a beard like that. And no, no, no. I have my friends, we go and things like that. But I'm not that super networking guy i'm not i mean i'm i tend to be a little bit shy sometimes and i feel comfortable on my group i'm like yeah shy yeah Ellie, you're yeah, shy. You don't, you don't seem shy. No, no, no. it's like you know i feel comfortable with my people like it's just something you know i mean it's part of who i am and you know uh my policy well i mean she passed away my dear bet she, she always said, Ellie, you have to overcome being you when you go there. I mean, and she always pushing me, like, you know, let me introduce you to Ellie Calvers and like that. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful dad. And, um, and yeah, but, you know, it goes with personality, I guess. But, but, but again, I'm not saying this that I'm proud uh, because I have to get better because it's part of the business. It's part of the game. It is part of the game. And you have to do it, you know. But I'm just being honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Final question before I let you go. 
Uh, is there anything that you haven't worked on? Like a specific franchise or a specific medium that you haven't worked in that you'd like to work in? I can tell you what I don't want to work, which is commercial. Okay. Commercial. No, I mean, I probably did two or three or four and I hate it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Why do you hate commercials? I can't deal with the the creative and what happens over there and the type of notes they give. I, I mean, again, if I have to feed my family, I will do it. But uh, no, I don't like to work on commercials. No, I mean, that's a very good question. I don't know. Media. Well, you know, I would like, no, I did that too, but I would like to do more maybe concert music. I mean, this has anything to do with uh, with uh, with full music, your live performance. I would like to, and I, and I have like already prepared like a little chamber concert of my music with piano and violin and viola, things like that. That kind of stuff I would love to do and be able, but I don't have time. You know, I think that will come the time that, you know, I'll be able to do more of that and come back to perform a little bit more. Uh, but as far as media, I did video games, you know, documentaries, uh, film, horror. Uh, when I did those commercials at that, that time, they ah, you know, and, <laughs> but I don't know what else, you know. I mean, what do you think? I mean, watch media, I, I should be working. I mean, you ask a question for what? Something. Like, I'm just I'm just curious because you've yeah. you've done pretty much everything that I can think of. Yeah, so I guess. just yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, a, a superhero film, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah, but but yeah, I mean, but again, that 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 will go back to my to my to my answer regarding approaching a big film the same way I approach some or a smaller thing. You know, those freaking action cues in Yu-Gi-Oh. I mean. Uh, the, the only thing, like, probably I won't show like that because, if, you know, we don't go to record with a real orchestra. But it's insane. It's insane, the, the, the melodies, orchestration, that they fit perfectly in a big action film, you know. Of course, the budget is there to to bring the full orchestra and, and spend all the money. Uh, but, no, I mean, if I get a big action superhero film, I'll be happy. And, oh, man, I, I will feel that I have done this before, honestly. It will be a lot of uh, implications and, you know, politics and things that go beyond the studio. And, you know, uh, having a new composer coming in to score this and how many people are, you know, giving opinions on the reason. No, 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 please bring the other guy. You know, no, 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 I'm too scared. I don't know that kid and things like that, of course. But as far of me performing and doing my job into something like that, I honestly feel very secure about it. You know, I mean, the surprises, yeah, of course, we'll get surprises and obstacles, but I get those either way in the other stuff. So, you know, I feel like, yeah, so. But no, man, I haven't done it all. I mean, it's a lot of stuff that I want to do. But, you know, but again, you know, I think that I've been being able to do different things that, you know, it, it just helped to 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 make uh, make me a better composer, you know, a better professional of what I do, because, I mean, you grab things here and there and you learn every project that you do, you learn and you hear the one you did two years ago and you will say, eh, we will say, oh, man, that actually was pretty, pretty, pretty good and pretty, pretty well thought and pretty well written. So, yeah. Well, you have an amazing CV. You've done so much stuff. No, thanks, so man. I'm sure it. I'm sure something awesome's on the horizon. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, again, I can't complain, but uh, but yeah, man. No, no, thank you again. Just, I I will keep working hard and you know try to do always my best and 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 see what happens. You know, see mm. where, where, where all this adventure takes me.
Yeah. So where can everybody follow your work and you on social media? Where's the best place yeah, to go? Yeah, Ellie Calder is composer on Instagram. That's uh, I'm not huge about it, but you know, I, I actually put you know the projects and I'm getting better, I'm getting better. I put the projects that I'm doing over there. Uh, my webpage definitely needs to to be updated, but you know, yeah, at some point you can listen to some of my music over there, which is elikalvarez.com, E-L-I-K-A-L-V-A-R-E-C.com. Same with the Instagram, E-L-I-K-A-L-V-A-R-E-C, composers on Instagram. And then, uh, yeah, you can find me over there. And there are a couple of new projects coming in, you know, pretty soon and pretty excited. I mean, I'm just finishing a, a documentary about multiple personality disorder, which is called the ID uh, today days, and uh, pretty pretty interesting. And also, it's funny because you know when I when I came to the director, I tended to uh, it's going to be something dark. He didn't want anything dark. Actually, he wanted empathy for the person, and it came out like a very beautiful score. It's like a you know beautiful melodies, and he, and he let me go. Like took me a while to to try to making a trust is it's gonna work and then you know it came out pretty beautiful you know pretty you know nice melodies i'm gonna record with budapest uh with the orchestra in two weeks i believe yeah two oof. Oh, oh my gosh i'm very horrid then <laughs> yeah i think in two weeks i recorded with budapest and uh yeah i'm looking forward to that one that's a pretty pretty nice one yeah cool well mm-hmm. hey thank you so much for taking the time out to do this i know if i wasn't talking to you you'd probably be composing so, so thanks, thanks. For take, thanks for taking the time out and um yeah I, I hope the royalties come through for four kids entertainment that massive backlog <laughs> no, I'm, no. I'm sure you'd love to see that paycheck <laughs> uh, yeah 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 no no thank you i really appreciate it thank you so much for inviting me you know really enjoy the conversation and you know for me talking about this i mean it's always it's always joyful i really enjoy it so i really appreciate you're spending the time and, you know, reaching out, you know, thank you so much. And anytime, you know, let me know. I mean, we can talk, we'll find something else to talk that we will talk today, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that's the show, everyone. Make sure you share, like, and subscribe. And uh, until next time, stay safe. See you hey, later. Thank you very much. You know, stay safe. Bye-bye. Thank you.